What's up, you guys? This is Lauren, and today we are here to talk about money. Okay, everyone needs money at some point in their life in order to accomplish life, in order to live. You need money to be able to live. But what does God say about it? How does God teach us how to manage our wealth and our finances? Are you ready? Let's get context. All right, so... Like I mentioned, today's topic is all about God and wealth. How does God care about our money? And I want to address everything around the extremes that you may have heard, whether it be that God wants you to be poor or whether it be God condemns you because you preach prosperity. I want to talk to the middle ground people, the people who don't necessarily agree with either extreme Um, Or don't necessarily fall into the category, I should say, of either extreme, but just simply want to know how to manage your money. How God cares for you to manage the resources that you've been given here in the earth and how you can use those resources to glorify God. So I've got four simple topics or four simple points that I want to bring to your attention regarding how God cares for our money. The first point is, it's more than money that God cares about. So I don't want you to be so caught up, you and I, I don't want us to be so caught up in focusing on God caring for our finances that we forget the whole point of us being in connection and in communion with God. The whole point of it is to learn him and to make him known and to love him and to be more like him. Even using our resources, we can accomplish this. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10, it kind of helps us to get a perspective of, of how God cares for more, how this whole concept of God caring for us is more than just about our money. And it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the, the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And in this sense, pangs means spasms or physical sensation, which references physical pain that might be caused by emotional distress or remorse. So, attached to money. Talking about how the love of money gets us nowhere. It brings us into the state of destruction. And how our focus is not just on money when it comes to learning about how God cares about how we manage our money. So the first point is it's more than money. It's truly godliness with contentment. That is our great game. And then Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So if you're caught up in the whole finances, getting money, wealth, um, you know, not that building wealth is not a bad is a bad thing but if you're caught up in it so if you're fully focused on it uh putting all of your affections on it basically putting all your eggs in that basket and hoping that that will create some sort of security in your life that is where your heart will be and as a result it brings about this sort of pain or the pangs that first timothy 6 6 through 10 
mention. And then the second point, God is our source. Everything that we can ever need or want in life is because God gives it to us. So the ultimate takeaway about that particular point is it is not us. It is God. He is the source for everything that we can ever need or want. He is. It is him. So ultimately, desire God. So let's look at Matthew 6, 25 through 32. It says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far from far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if you know anything about Solomon, you know that God gave Solomon everything. But Solomon was not dressed as beautifully as they are, the birds. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. So basically, in a nutshell, this set of verses is basically saying that sometimes the deep issues that we deal with regarding wealth and finances produce is produced from worry. It's produced from us practicing in our head what will we eat, what will we drink, how will we, how will we be cared for. That worry, God is already taken care of. He says these things, these worries, dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, of people who don't have a hope, of people who don't have expectancy, of people who don't know the source of their needs. But as believers, we know this. Our Heavenly Father knows everything that we need and he provides for us much better than he provides for the birds who are so well taken care of so that's something that we can kind of gain or gain a perspective about rather um that god is our source we have everything we need because we have god so we don't worry about money we don't worry about uh just life and its frustrations and how will we gain things or how will we be provided for because God is already taking care of all these things. He knows. And when the time comes, he will provide. So that's one point about God, one scripture that kind of supports how God is our source and gives us perspective to trust God even more. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, it says, But you shall earnestly remember that the Lord your God, he's speaking to the Israelites, that the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. So in trusting that God is our source, it's important for us to remember that it is God who gives us the power to get wealth. He establishes that. It is him. So ultimately, we should want him first, but not for the sake of gaining wealth, not for the sake of getting more money, not for the sake of relying on material resources for peace. God is our peace. God provides peace. 
God gives us everything that we need. And so ultimately, we desire God. We desire to have God so that we have peace. And then as a result, he gives us what we need. If you're still with me, we're going to move on to the next point about how God helps us to manage our money. So the next point is giving is God's highest desire for our use of wealth that we are given. In other words, we are blessed to be a blessing. So when God does provide for us in the form of wealth, in the form of finances and money, or something that is a commodity that we can use um, to obtain things in the natural, to, to obtain earthly and worldly things, then it's up to us to be good stewards over what he has given. And I'm going to read one scripture in 1 Timothy 6, through, 6, 17 through 19 to give us an idea of what that looks like. And it says, as for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God, who riches, richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Charge them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be liberal and generous of heart, ready to share with others in this way, laying up for themselves the riches that endure forever as a good foundation for the future so that they may grasp what that which is life indeed. So the ultimate purpose God wants for us to do with our riches while we care for ourselves is to care for others as well. God's heart is not just for us and our families and our communities and what we know. It's for the entire world. God desires for the entire world to know him. And the way that we can do that is one way is through our resources, through our money, through our wealth. Whatever God gives us to care for others with it to give, to be a blessing to other people. And I don't have this scripture written down, but in the book of Acts, it's one of my favorite uh, representations of how the Holy Spirit gives us a heart for God and how he gives us a heart to do what God wants us to do. Um, and in chapter two, like in the early chapters of Acts, the example set for, before us, in those chapters is where you have a group gathered listening to the Holy Spirit who were just filled. I mean, listening to the disciples who were just filled with the Holy Spirit. And as they were listening, they too became saved. They too became filled with the Holy Spirit. But then the first thing that they do is they give to each other. They bring all their possessions together. They divide it evenly among themselves and they give so that no one lacks, so that no one is in need of anything and that everybody has everything that they need. This beautiful picture of the gospel, this beautiful picture of the way that the Holy Spirit and God have a heart for everyone and everything, um, even our wealth and what they do with their possessions this beautiful picture gives us an example of how we ought to be as believers, how the, inf how the Holy Spirit influences us to care for others using our resources, using our finances. So ultimately, God is giving us the desires of our heart, the wealth, 
the provision, everything that we need, not just for ourselves, but to be a blessing to others, to people, to to those who truly need to see God moving in this earth. Because after all, we are his hands and feet, aren't we? We should be. At the end of the day, God desires for us to share so that people can know him ultimately. And then another topic is not owing any man. And this is related to debt freedom, financial freedom, being able to use God's blessings for God's sake. So debt exists, right? Uh, So we owe people. At the end of the day, when we are in debt to someone, God desires for us to pay that off, to, to clear our name. And I'll tell you, and I'll read a scripture just that kind of supports that. Um, in order for us to be able to use his resources wisely. And when I say wisely, I don't mean in the human perspective, but I mean in the perspective of the spiritual, of the supernatural, anything that supersedes uh, the carnal, the worldly, the earthly, what you, you and I can see and feel and touch, anything tangible, it supersedes that. So God's desire is for us to care for the supernatural, the things that he wants us to do. Um, even with our earthly resources. So when it comes to owing man, we want to clear that. We have a desire to clear that as a result of freeing up our resources so that we can be about the business of the kingdom of God. And I say that because debt may violate a few biblical principles that directly affect our relationship with God. One of those violations might be presuming upon the future. So a number of times, A lot of us get into debt, not because we necessarily need it. Um, Now, we obviously know that some people um, lack resources, which is another podcast for another day. But for those of us who just can freely make decisions, not based on need, but based on enjoyment, rather, sometimes we get into debt to presume upon our future. For instance, we may um, borrow money to set aside resources or something that we think we might need, but not necessarily based on, you know, something that we've consulted God about or not necessarily based on something that we need. And a good example is what I read earlier in Matthew 6, 25 through 32, how we worry about what we will wear, what we will eat, what we will drink. So we use credit and debt and borrow money from the world to store up for ourselves resources not so much so that we need it but ultimately shows the position of our hearts or rather how we've entrusted our lives to material rather than allowing God to be the source and having faith and trusting God to provide for what we need when we need it. In some sense, it's given us a false sense of security, if you understand where I'm going with this. Um, So that's one way it violates or debt violates a biblical principle. Um, Not saying that when you borrow, you violate biblical principles. But again, it connects to the the intentions of your heart. Um, And then another way is when we borrow as an easy way out of a situation that would otherwise force us to grow in our faith. So, for instance... Trusting God to make a financial decision about something, but instead choosing to just borrow the money so that we have a means of resource of a resource to have the money ready 
Um, or for instance, maybe a bill is due or maybe something needs to be paid. But some maybe that part of our life may force us to trust God or may cause us to grow but we might fall back on debt or we might fall back on credit or borrowing money from the world as a sense of security. Again, another another example of a false sense of security, um, which challenges in the scriptures where God promises that he will supply all of our needs. Philippians 4.19, again, situational, but at the end of the day, evaluating the intents of our heart. And then another example of how it may violate a biblical principle is when we are not able to give both to God and to people as a result of being in debt to or becoming a servant to wealth or a servant to whoever we owe. So borrowing money and then having to pay it back, but then not having enough resources to be a blessing to other people or not having another resources or ultimately tying ourselves down to debt, choosing to lock ourselves into owing man, owing a system versus giving to God and giving to others in order for people ultimately to know Jesus better um, and to meet Jesus and to, to be a blessing to other people. So ultimately, I say all this to say it's important for us to evaluate the intentions of our heart when it comes to borrowing money. God's desire is never for us to borrow from the world. It's never for us to even allow our fellow believers to be indebted to us, but to give cheerfully and freely. He speaks that often in the Bible, and that has a lot to do with our wealth um, and what we use in order to gain things in the world. And an example I'll use is Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 19 through 20. Not so much for us to be stuck on a law, but to to see an example of how freely God wants us to to how free God wants us to be with our finances so that there will be no um, owing or so that no one's in debt to each other. And it says, you shall not lend on interest to your brother, interest on money, on on uh, victuals, on anything that is lent for interest. You may lend on interest to a foreigner, but to your brother, you shall not lend on interest that the Lord your God may bless you and all that you undertake in the land in which you go to possess. So in this particular example, not charging interest to your brother or not becoming so wrapped up in a financial bind with each other uh, so that you're only indebted to each other and you cannot freely serve the way that you want to serve with each other and towards God for for the sake of his kingdom and for the sake of seeing blessing flow in the earth. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yes, not owing any man, but not falling back or having a fallback plan on money and wealth and resources, but truly trusting in and having faith in God. And just a side note, I do want to just say that I pray that as we make financial decisions, that we ultimately consult God first about it. Because like I mentioned earlier, God is our source. And even if we're used to borrowing money, even if it's a habit 
to just say, oh, I can just borrow the money or I can use my credit card or even if it's a habit for us to just fall back on an earthly system to first challenge that habit and then get before God and lay those concerns and those worries before God first and ask him what he wants you to do, how he wants you to handle the situation, to ask him for wisdom and for knowledge and for revelation regarding your earthly circumstances because God is present he's a present help in time of trouble he knows exactly what we need when we need it and he is also a provider he's promised that in his word and it's important for us as believers if we're going to stand on his word we got to hold God to his word and not so much that God will not come through because he's already promised that his word won't return void but more so for us so that we can trust and believe and let go and be released from any worry or any concern that may bind us and that may hold us back from moving forward into the things that God is promising us. And then last, concerning how God cares for us, everything else that comes beyond uh, the three things we've mentioned about how it's more than just money, about how God is our source, about how God cares for us to give and not owing any man, not being stuck in debt or not being, um, you know, controlled by debt. Everything else is secondary, which also includes our enjoyment. So once we've done all these things and God continues to provide and give, then we can enjoy these things. Deuteronomy 28 and 2 says, and all these blessings blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Obedience brings blessing. And not so much because we want the blessing that we're obedient, but we're obedient because we love God. And as a result, blessing comes. We're blessed. And then 2 Peter verse one, chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And I also want to remind you in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, where it says, As for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others, nor to set their hope on uncertain riches, but on God. God richly and ceaselessly provides us everything for our enjoyment. It is God in us who does the work, who helps us to will and to do of his good pleasure. And we are blessed when we position ourselves and we are focused and when we set our affections on him. So I pray that as you learn how to manage your finances, how to manage your money, that you trust that God is your source that you know it's more than money, that we ultimately just want God, that God will give us everything, every wisdom, every knowledge, every everything that we need in order to know how to manage our money appropriately, that he will give us a heart to give, that he will give us a heart to consult him first before we borrow from the world so that we are not tied down by the world to do with our money Uh, other things besides what God ultimately wants us to do with it which is to glorify him 
hopefully that challenged you today to think about how to manage your money differently. And if you have questions, feel free to ask them or give me some feedback, however you want to do it. You open the podcast app to listen to this episode. In that app, feel free to rate this show. Feel free to comment. Give me your feedback. Let me know what you think. That way, others have an opportunity to learn a little bit more about me and maybe subscribe. Also, have you visited my website lately? NotYourAverageGirl.org is where you can find weekly encouragement, blogs, Bible studies, of course, this podcast, and so much more. Definitely visit NotYourAverageGirl.org when you get a chance. Last, I'm on social media. Comment, like, share, tag me. Do all of that, (laughs) okay? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is where you can find me at Lauren E.A. Thomas. That's L-A-U-R-E-N. E-A-T-H-O-M-A-S Lauren E.A. Thomas Y'all, I want you to study God's word I want you to dig deeper for yourself I want you to learn God more And remember to read by faith And you'll grow in grace Do not forget to do it all in context Thank you for listening in with me Lauren Thomas Until next time, bye